The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. The Philistines drew up in line against Israel, and when the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men on the field of battle. And when the people came to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies." So the people went to Shiloh and brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come to the camp, the Philistines were afraid. For they said, a God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines lest you become slaves to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. And they fled every man to his home. And there was a very great slaughter, for 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. A man of Benjamin ran from the battle line and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes torn and with dirt on his head. And when he arrived, Eli was sitting on his seat by the road, watching for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told the news, all the city cried out. When Eli heard the sound of the outcry, he said, What is this uproar? Then the man hurried and came and told Eli. Now Eli was 98 years old. And his eyes were set so that he could not see. And the man said to Eli, I am he who has come from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And he said, How did it go, my son? He who brought the news answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has also been a great defeat among the people. Your two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. As soon as he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell over backward from his seat by the side of the gate. And his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy. He had judged Israel 40 years. Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, about to give birth. And when she heard the news, the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed and gave birth for her pains come upon her. And about the time of her death, the women attending her said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have borne a son. 
but she did not answer or pay attention. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel. Because the ark of God has been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. Uh, Samuel is a lengthy book. It's so long that it's been divided and put into uh, two scrolls. And, and this is the reason that today we have first and second and the first few chapters are laying the groundwork for what is to come. And it began in chapter 1 by introducing us to Hannah. And Hannah was a faithful woman in unfaithful times. In chapter 3, we learn about Samuel, a young boy who's able to hear the Word of God when other spiritual leaders could not. And now in chapter 4, we're introduced to another central figure, in the story. And for the next three chapters, the focus will be on the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Samuel is mentioned in verse 1 of chapter 4, but then he disappears. And the main character in these chapters is the Ark of God. Why is the Ark so important? Well, the tabernacle or the temple was a physical dwelling where the presence of God could be found. And within the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. In 1 Chronicles 28 and verse 2, David calls the Ark the footstool of God. And so the, the Ark is where God rests his feet. But more importantly, this is a physical object that represents the presence of God. And so you cannot discuss the Ark without discussing God. The two go hand in hand. These three chapters in Samuel are not just about uh, this special box that was housed in the tabernacle. They're about how we view God and how we treat God. And so the text begins with a battle between Israel and their arch rivals, the Philistines. And the Philistines were sea people who settled along the coast of Israel. They were also iron workers, which is significant because this gave them the upper hand in their battles against Israel. The first battle is described in one verse. The two militaries lined up against one another. And when it was all said and done, Israel had lost 4,000 men. They were defeated. And this is where the drama begins. After the battle, the, the leaders of Israel they gather to, together to discuss what went wrong. And this is the question that they ask. Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Uh, they don't think they lost because they were outmanned or because the Philistines had superior armor and weaponry. They, they rightly understand that God has the ability to win the battle for them. Just as we sing in the songs sometimes, the battle belongs to the Lord. In this case, though, uh, God was not present with the Israelite army. He had stepped back and he did not offer his protection like they were used to having. Uh, where the leaders get it wrong is they should not have blamed God for their misfortune. Instead, they should have looked to themselves. 
Because the reason they lost the battle was because they were not listening to God and they were not following his ways. They were doing what they wanted to do. Eli's sons were abusing their role as priests. They were supposed to be serving people, but instead they were taking advantage of them. And God was not pleased. And so they are being punished for this. Um, In this meeting, they also devise a plan for their next battle. And here's what they come up with. Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. And again, the, the leaders rightly recognize that the reason they lost the battle is because God was not with them. They understand that. Their plan for fixing this problem is not to pray to God. Uh, they don't ask God for help. But instead, they go to Shiloh, they, they get the ark, and they bring it with them into battle. And they believed that this would ensure certain victory. They were going to make sure this time that God's presence was with them when they went to fight against the Philistines. And so after they retrieve the ark from Shiloh, the entire mood of the camp changes. The Israelites shout for joy and they begin to celebrate. And they are so loud that the Philistines hear them in their camp. And once the Philistines learn why they are celebrating, they become nervous. You know, they've heard these stories of Israel's flight out of Egypt. They know about the ten plagues. They know about God's mighty power and the crossing of the Red Sea and, and all these things. And they are afraid. And you can just imagine what it would have been like the next day when they lined up for battle. The Israelites felt as if they had already won. Uh, You know, they were overconfident. They had already celebrated the victory the night before. The Philistines, who had won the previous battle, are now worried. Uh, You know, they, they know they have better weaponry. But they've also heard these stories coming out of Egypt. And this time, the Israelites are going into battle with the Ark of the Covenant. However, this time, the battle was more lopsided than it was before. The Philistines won handily. They killed 30,000 Israelites compared to the 4,000 from the previous battle. It was a complete and thorough rout. And to top it all off, the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. So what went wrong? First, the Israelites were not self-aware. They did not recognize that the problem was with them. It was their sin that caused them to lose the battle. It was their sin that led them to lose the ark. Being self-aware is an essential key to success. It's also an important part of spiritual growth. You know, if we cannot recognize our own weaknesses and our own faults, then we can never progress as a Christian. And this is something we have to practice because we tend to be blind to our shortcomings. 
You know, we easily recognize the faults of others, but are more slow to point out our own. And this happens all the time. It happens on an individual level. You know, we quickly point out other people's sins while ignoring our sins. It happens within groups. We think our side is always right and the other side is always wrong. And and Israel suffered from a lack of self-awareness. They were the good guys and the Philistines were the bad guys. They were God's chosen and the Philistines were not. And this mentality caused Israel to ignore their sins and their shortcomings. And losing the battle to the Philistines and losing the Ark of the Covenant, this was God's wake-up call to Israel. They needed to look to themselves and recognize their faults. They needed to become self-aware. Well, after the news of Israel's loss reached Shiloh, grief spread among the people. Eli, after hearing the news of his son's death and the loss of the ark, he fell over and he broke his neck and died. The wife of Phinehas, the priest, she was pregnant. And upon hearing the news, she went into labor and the baby was a boy and she named the baby Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. This news was devastating. It's not just that Israel lost a battle. The ark was gone. God's presence, God's glory had left Israel. They were completely vulnerable. Along with not being self-aware, Israel made several other mistakes related to their view of God. And these mistakes are not unique to Israel. They are mistakes that people still make today. The first one is there's a temptation to turn religion into superstition. And this happens when people treat religion as a good luck charm. We see this in sports when someone thinks displaying their Christianity will help them win a ball game. There's nothing wrong with thanking God for your athletic ability. That's something that we should do. But we cross a line when we think God will alter the outcome of a game Um, just because of something we do. Israel used the ark as a magic relic. They thought that bringing it into battle would ensure their victory. Well, Christianity does not work this way. It's not magic. Uh, You know, we may wear a cross around our neck or, or hang one in our home, but we need to remember that these physical objects contain no power. What a cross does do is it reminds us of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And that event has real power. It has the power to take away our sins and the power to overcome evil. You know, Christians have the greatest power source available to them. We have God. But we must never take advantage of this and treat Christianity as if it were some magical relic. Another mistake is that people sometimes try and simplify the mystery of God. And so God's presence was found in the tabernacle and um, specifically with the ark, which was the footstool of God. And Israel tried to simplify this point. They thought that they could bring the ark into battle and then God would just automatically show up. They literally tried to put God in a box And they thought to themselves, you know, if I do X, then God will do Y. 
and they limited the actions of God, and it backfired on them. God did not act at all like they expected. And this happens all the time. Uh, We pin God down, and we assume that we know exactly how God's going to act. We think we have him figured out. And we find stories like this throughout Scripture. And, And most of the time, God does as he does in this story. He acts unexpectedly. This is because God is bigger than we are. His ways are not our ways. And we cannot fully know God. We can only know what he wants us to know. He's mysterious, and that's okay. That makes him God. You know, if we think that we know uh, God's every move, then what we're worshiping is not God. We're worshiping something that we have created ourselves. And finally, people will sometimes use God to try and get what they want. Israel wanted a victory more than anything else. They wanted a victory more than they wanted to change the way that they were living. And so they used God, and they took the ark into battle with them. People use God to get all kinds of things. They use God against their opponents. They think, you know, we are right and you're wrong because God is on our side. Israel had this same mentality, and God gave the Philistines the victory and not the Israelites. Uh, politicians use God to get elected. They say what they have to in order to get Christians to vote for them. Christians will sometimes use God in order to get health and wealth. You know, one of the most popular doctrines today is the health and wealth gospel, which makes Christianity all about getting and not at all about giving. Uh, Christianity comes with some amazing blessings, you know, things like forgiveness of sins, eternal life, joy, salvation, peace, and on and on. But Christianity is also about sacrifice and giving. And we're called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and those footsteps lead to a cross. And we must never forget that. And so Christianity takes the emphasis off of us, and it places it on God and on others. These are some very important lessons that we can learn from this story, but we also learn something here about God. You know, he, he rightly punished the Israelites for their sins. They deserved that. They lost the battle. But what's amazing in this story is that God took their place by allowing the ark to be captured. God entered enemy territory rather than the Israelites. And so this story foreshadows another story that will forever change the world. It's hard to imagine that God himself would come to earth, that he would live a humble life, and that he would take our place upon a cross. But that's exactly what he did. He was an innocent man, but he endured the punishment of a criminal. He did not deserve to die but he tasted death for you and me. Israel could have never imagined what the future held in store. But we can already see here in this story that God is laying the groundwork for what is to come. Israel was thinking of themselves. They were looking inward. While God was thinking of others. 
This story is attempting to wake us up from our sleep. We must look beyond ourselves. We are not the focus of the story. God is. He deserves the glory. And we must be like him by living our life for others, just as he did. And this is what the Christian life is all about. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word, which gives us wisdom and uh, helps us to be better Christians. Uh, We pray that we will not be like Israel in this story, that we will be aware of our faults and shortcomings and that we will repent of them and we will change our ways and we will strive to uh, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. May we be a light in this world. May we point the people around us to you. And may we care for others and show them the life of your son, which lives in us. We pray this in his name. Amen.